it's Valentine's Day, 2019, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 252, Disney in Space. Runtime for this episode is one hour, six minutes. Welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that is hosted by Sailor Moon villains looking for pure hearts. My name is Jeremy. I am Malachite, the forger of ancient weapons. I'm Tyler, also Malachite, as previously mentioned. Uh, Zach won't commit to the bit, Tyler. I refuse to commit to the bit. My name is Zach. Zach is Pyrite. He is fool's gold. Hey, I resemble one of those things. Pyrite? Fool's. Sharp edges. Everything I say is gold, which is why I don't talk very much. We played Kingdom Hearts this week to celebrate the fact that Kingdom Hearts 3 just came out slash tie into. It made Googling stuff about Kingdom Hearts the last couple of days pretty difficult. Yeah. That would make sense since you just get a lot of stuff from the, for the third game. Yeah, I had to revert to KH1 in all my searches and somehow Google was like, yeah, I know what you're about now. Before we get to that, though, Zach, what have you been playing? So I've been up to actually a lot less than I thought, but... I've been doing a lot of weird, like, dipping in and out of stuff. Like, I played a little bit of War Thunder on the stream that I watch on Friday. Uh, that was a stream of absolute failure on my part. I ripped the wings off of Catalina because I forgot we were doing a realistic game. I beached a ship, which was awkward, but kind of funny. <laughs> but, like, my moment of triumph. Oh, yeah, and I ran into the host in a tank. Nice. Whoops. Nice. We were doing, a like, a internal game mode type of thing where... One of the hosts had an F-86 Sabre, which is a jet, and the rest of us were flying, like, biplanes. This sounds fantastic. I assume it was all the biplanes against the one fighter jet. Yes. Okay, this uh, sounds it was, amazing. It was only, like, four on one or something like that, because there weren't very many people in the in the stream lobby. The host got shot down, like, immediately, and then, so at one point, he was watching me as the jet went by and shot down. So the host got shot down very early on into the game, and so he was watching me at one point when the dude flying the jet came by and killed the guy next to me and blew off my wing. And, you know, since I was dead, I was in a death spiral, he switched over to the other guy and narrated him crashing and then, like, hit next to get to the next guy who apparently got shot down by AA guns or something like that. And instead of getting to absolutely nothing, he jumped onto me as I had gotten control of my airplane at like a hundred meters above the ground with one wing. And so I was just flying along and his like reaction was great. It's, Wait, what? What? Huh? And then I crashed into some trees and died, but it was just great. Cause it's like, he mentioned that I was still flying and the dude flying the jet was like, wait, what, where is he? You know, I barely managed to get control and stay in the air for most of that. It's really hard to turn with one wing because the plane kept wanting to heal all the way over. That was kind of fun, but like I said, most of the stream was just a stream of absolute failure for me. Played a little bit of MechWarrior Online, not too much of that. Most of what I was actually playing this week was actually uh, Final Fantasy X. Wow, okay, I was not expecting that. I I know. What what caused this to happen? Well, that is related to the game we actually played. You were just like, we're like, oh man, I like Titus and Waka, these guys. I I should go back to their game. I wouldn't say I like either of those I forgot about Kid Waka. Oh, he's so good. But I was like, yeah, I'm going to play that a little bit because I was kind of on the side of, I I don't really feel like doing a whole lot. Although, because of how bad the writing is in Final Fantasy X, I wasn't actually really paying attention to it. I was actually watching mainly... um, DBZ abridged. Like I watched <laughs> much the better enti- writing. I watched actually. the entire thing for DBZ abridged on Sunday, basically as I was playing Final Fantasy X. So that's fun. I also watched a few things that had been like on the list. Like I finally got around to watching the Fate Grand Order First Order, like movie. Out of curiosity, how far did you get into Final Fantasy X? I am currently in the Calm Lands. Okay, so most of the way. I was already close to where Sin wipes out all the Crusaders. Okay, so you hadn't started from the start. No, I didn't start the restart the game because I'd already gotten some of the way in. So you played like the middle third of the game. At the moment, yeah. So I just need to get through that. I don't want to talk about that game too much just because of the fact that, uh, you know, we're probably going to play it at some point and the full review will come out of it. And so my whole feelings on the game itself are probably... It's a lot of people's least favorite Final Fantasy, and that's a little weird for me. 
I feel like it's a good jumping off point. Jumping off point or jumping on point? Uh, both, actually. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's definitely a changing of the guard, because it's the game that the people who are making Final Fantasy, it was a lot of their last game. And also, it's a real... They've gone fully into Final Fantasy VII as the model. That is true. We're, like I feel like nine was so kind of an outlier. Well, nine is a specific throwback. And yeah. eight is a, oh no, seven made so much money, what do we do? <laughs> what else, Zach? I mean, I for Final Fantasy X, I personally hate the sphere grid, so... Yeah, and I actually really like the sphere grid, and I don't know why. I have total ambivalence towards the sphere grid. Like, I actual in... ambivalence or apathy? Because ambivalence is like you have strong feelings both directions. Yeah, yeah, ambivalence. Okay. Like, it's just really a level up. Like, it's not really any different than a you gain levels and gain stats, only it's got this weird item component on it. I was ignoring it until I, I'm like, I've been ignoring it until I absolutely had to use it. So, like, if I get to a point where I started to struggle... Then you'd go. In the I went grid. into the sphere grid and messed around with that because I'll God, a is that thing terrible? Points on Orin, I guess. That's actually one of the main features I like about the sphere grid, though, is it makes leveling up optional, which is kind of cool. But it's not fun. Like that—that's the biggest problem. Is it, it's time-consuming and it's not fun. I don't find it that time-consuming. I actually have fun with it too. Like, like I have fun <laughs> in the same way I have fun when you see a hey level up plus one strength. But like I wouldn't describe that as fun. I'm not like. Oh man, I wish they would come up with a mobile game called Sphere Grid, where all I did was play the Sphere Grid. I wouldn't call it fun in that regard, but I think it's fun in the like. I like choosing my route is really my big thing. Like if I want, there's not much. There's not a big choice at the beginning of the. There's not. You get one if you were to use one of those optional like difficulty things where it just starts people in random locations. But I don't. I don't like. That, I don't like the stats. I really don't like the fact that your weapons don't seem to have any particularly difference between the ones you're using. There's a lot of personal problems I have with it, and usually the way I was doing it is every time I would get to a new save point, I would save my gameplay game or two of Blitzball <laughs> just to break up the monotony. And I like I remember that game being really, really, really good. Blitzball or, Blitzball or Final really, Fantasy X? Blitzball specifically being a really, really, really good side game and it's not bad it doesn't hold up as well it's not as good as it was at the time yeah that's definitely how i've been feeling about it but it's still one of those things where it's like i'm using it to break up the monotony of either all the combat primarily all of the combat it's a, it's a nice aside to let me do something else for you know five ten minutes and then get back into combat for whatever it is i'm doing so it's basically just been that what have you been up to jeremy uh just kingdom hearts i actually wanted to play this game I mean, it's Kingdom Hearts and Overtime, and oh, oh God, we have four employees and my boss is going on vacation, and it's the Super Bowl, oh God. It's not a very fun game. You, you mentioned <laughs> that. I probably should have, I should have bounced that to Tyler instead. That eh. would have, you would have made for a better transition into the actual topic. Sorry about that, my bad. That's fine. What have you been playing, Tyler? Not actually a whole lot recently. Obviously, Assassin's Creed, because it's Assassin's Creed, obviously Identity, because it's the game I play on my phone. A bunch of board games. I'm trying to think. I watched a cool anime movie recently that's like playing oh, a is video it super game, broly right? is the no it's not watch? super broly although maybe we should talk about that for a few minutes so what did you watch and then we can talk about um, <laughs> super broly for a few minutes um i watched a silent voice which is a movie about a kid who kind of like his friends kind of peer pressure him into bullying a deaf girl and then she is bullied so badly that her mom transfers her to a different school and then, like, ten years later, this kid feels super bad about it to the point where he's, like, depressed all the time. And he happens to run into her, and he, like, hands her back her notebook that people used to write in or write to her so that she could, like, communicate with them efficiently. And then it's, like, a really cute love story about this guy, like, rebuilding his life after meeting her again and, like, trying to be a better person. It sounds like a movie Kevin would have seen and would have had a lot of thoughts about. It does sound like something I'd like, but I haven't seen it, so I don't have anything to say. But anyway, we all watched Dragon Ball Super Broly. Um, ah, that was a lot of fun. That yeah, was a fun movie. I feel like old man Toriyama just knows my sense. It like when I was a teenager, he knew what I wanted out of anime, and that was dudes punching each other violently. And now that I'm an adult, he knows what I want out of my comedy, which is dudes him making, punching people in the face violently, but also making fun of that at the same time. And it's kind of great. I mean, spoilers: that Brit where Frieza has that like light bulb go off in his head when he like <laughs> flashes back to how Goku became a Super Saiyan. There are a lot of those great little moments in there. Goku and Vegeta using Frieza to buy them time. Uh, Frieza's wish for the Dragon Balls. And also Bulma's. <laughs> also Bulma's. <laughs> that was a great movie. I'm hoping it comes out on DVD slash Blu-ray before Funimation's website says it's going to. 
Funimation's website currently says that you can pre-order that movie and it will be released on December thirty-first, twenty nineteen. Well, at least it's not next year. It's just almost next I'm year. I'm assuming it's a placeholder, so when they've actually finished releasing it everywhere, they'll just release the discs. Two games I almost played were Dragon Ball Fighters because of the new DLC today, and I looked at that and debated oh. picking up the Dell, but I was like, I don't I, play this game enough anymore. I bought the DLC pass just to like support it, even though I don't play it much either. I forgot about this, but Piranha Plant released in Smash. Oh, that's exciting. I should go grab that. Yeah, I was going to say, did you get yeah. that email forever ago? Yes. Yeah, no, that's taken care of. Okay. I just haven't turned on my Switch in two weeks, and so I assume the download needs to happen. Oh, putting in the like the code for the fighter or whatever? Yeah. like if For you, pre-ordering the game? Yeah, so if you got the email from them for pre-ordering it, you have until like June to enter the code. Um, but you had until today, actually, as we're recording this, to get the email if you like need to do whatever you need to do. For I think that. I already put in the code. Yeah, if I you, know I did. If you downloaded it digitally, um, you're good. I so. also bought Dragon Ball Fusion. So I use that word because I just had forty bucks on my 3DS that I'd forgotten about, and it was twenty nine ninety nine. So I was like, well, I guess I'll buy this. I think what actually happened is the Switch and 3DS now share a wallet. Ah. Have you ever played Fusion before? Uh, no, I've watched some Wet's plays of it, though. And it, like, it looks like the sort of grindy game I'm going to want after Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I've heard people have generally positive opinions about it. So. I watched a Let's Play of it. It looked very good. The combat system is very interesting. I think with the AI, they can't really exploit it as well as they might have liked. But having like a pool-based tactics RPG where you knock people back into other people <laughs> and are trying to knock them out of the ring, that's like a cool combat system. <laughs> it's certainly a unique premise, if nothing else. I just realized that Jump Force is probably going to come out next time we're recording. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, yep. So we can play that. We can like, talk it, about it will, that. It will probably be out the day we're recording. Anything else you played, Tyler? I feel like the answer is yes, like I always do, but no. I actually think the answer this time is, in fact, no. Okay, so yeah, I played a lot of Kingdom Hearts, like I said, because... I called this because this is like Wind Waker, a game I tried to start a thousand times when it came out and just could not penetrate it. And it really took this. There were so many times I almost quit this game, but because it was for the podcast, I picked it up the next day. And I'm really glad I did because I like this game tremendously now. Like, I'm a Kingdom Hearts guy, not surprising me at all. But boy, <laughs> does this game try to stop you from becoming that. It tries so hard to prevent you from getting far enough into the game to actually like it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess I'm happy Jeremy called this game because it definitely surprised me. So, yeah, do we want to start with the beginning of this game? What Which we... beginning? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do we want to start by just talking about how good Simple and Clean is for like yeah, that's five a good minutes? Song. <laughs> that's the song they used to market it. It's in the opening cutscene, so you heard it at least once. Oh, the uh, unskippable cutscene? Yeah. Is that the only unskippable one in the HD version? I don't know. They're all unskippable in the original, which sounds like hell. Um, um, especially, it was. I only had problems with one boss in this game, which was the Tarzan boss. But if I had to watch that cutscene every time, I would have tapped. Uh, some of the like endgame Colosseum guys you can fight also come with cutscenes that you can't skip, and a lot of them are brutally difficult, so you're going to fight them a lot and watch that cutscene a lot. I tapped out after trying to beat the Colosseum and failing. The first time you tried I the couldn't beat the uh, Hellhound. I couldn't beat Cerberus. Oh, okay. That's, that makes more sense to me. I, I thought you meant like the actual Colosseum like tournament stuff, and I, I thought that was pretty easy. I couldn't beat the Colosseum. I couldn't well, beat yeah. Cerberus. But I, I thought you were talking about earlier than that, but yeah. I had no problem with the bosses in Kingdom Hearts, which I'm not trying to brag. It just surprised me because a lot of them are kind of have reputations for being kind of brutal, Cerberus included. And I died to Ursula once, but... I mean, yeah. you haven't fought Sephiroth yet. No, I haven't. But he's also an optional boss, so... Yeah. I don't mind if he's brutally hard. That seems kind of fair. I, I feel like I died to Maleficent a couple times, but... I definitely see how that could happen, but... Anyway, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, yep. <laughs> although the bosses are one of the most interesting parts of this game. So. so what is the beginning of this game? So you listen to Simple and Clean, you watch, <laughs> it's a good song, you can't skip it like Zach said. Not for lack of trying. <laughs> you see a platinum haired boy prank you in a dream. Accurate, yep. And then you are on this like stained glass mosaic of Snow White, which is just like a super strong image. The art style in this game is, I think, the real selling point for it. I was actually going to say, not only are you in a stained glass image of Snow White, everything else is black. I think that's important. Yeah, because it makes it all stand out. And this is where you kind of get your tutorial slash choose your class in a weird way. 
Yeah, it's weird that this game has the concept of a class to me. I mean, it doesn't really. It's just that's the closest thing I can think to compare this to. It is the closest thing you can compare it to. It basically decides that you can get, I guess it was offensive magic hits something with stick and uh, probably defensive magic. I went offensive because, hell, I can block and dodge. Yeah, you have three things, which are offense, defense, and magic. And you choose one to emphasize and one to give up which affects what you learn abilities and also what your stats are. Don't you you pick two and pick and then one to give up. No, you you pick one and then you the second thing you pick is something you give up. And the other one is just it stays the same. It's just like neutral. Oh. Cuz it's like hey, pick what you want your strength to be. Now pick what you want to give, give up. up for this. Okay. Like, I picked the sword and gave up the shield, which I think is kind of I don't want to say hard mode, but I did it intentionally because I'm like, if I do this, I will have to engage more with the combat system because I won't be able to tank well. I will have to actually learn to evade and learn how this system works. Oh, that was a mistake. I picked up magic and gave up the shield. That's what I... I picked up the sword, gave up the shield. Yeah, that's what I did as well, which made the beginning of the game really tough because you die in a couple hits, but then it kind of flattened out later. And like, it did work in that I did have to learn what my defensive options were. Unfortunately, it doesn't give you all your defensive options right away. No, which is probably my biggest criticism of the combat system. I do like this system a lot. I like how like kind of simple and elegant it is and what it implies, although I do kind of wish there was more information on what you were gaining and giving up, but at least it is a pretty easily understandable choice. Oh, you're talking about the choice specifically. It's not a bad one. I mean, you do get to pick what you're going after, but you're right. I didn't know exactly what I was giving up, and then because you couldn't actually, later on you couldn't block, I was like, did giving up the shield make so I can't block? Is my guy that much of an idiot? (laughs) I mean, kind of, because it changes what order you learn the abilities in. Yeah, because you do learn everything eventually. It just affects what order you learn it in and what your stat progression is. They really should have made that a lot more clear, though, because they're saying give up, as in, like, you can't get it. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense to me, but it's not like permanently give up. It's just like, that's your weakness. Like if you give up magic, you don't not get magic. You just get way less MP than you would otherwise. And you get more if you take it, obviously. So then you go through a pretty normal tutorial on various stained glass Disney princesses. As you do, you know, how every game begins. It's not particularly good and it's not particularly bad either. It tells you how to play the game. It doesn't really leave anything out. Also, it's a pretty simple game, though. You press X to attack and circle to jump. I don't know that it actually tells you how to use magic, but I also don't think it matters. It doesn't, and you don't get that till later. So you are right, though. It does yeah, not. Yeah, because Merlin teaches you how to magic, right? Kind of. He's like, kind hey, of. Mickey told me to teach you how to use magic. So I set up this, like, bouncy castle if you want to <laughs> fire some spells at me. Hold L1. I just figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's not terribly complicated. And you only have, like, what, four spells, something like that? You get quite a few, which is one of my criticisms of the game, but we'll get to that later. So anyway, you get through the tutorial, you fight a tutorial boss. I guess you you probably can die to that boss, but he's pretty easy. I think it actually resurrects you if you die to him. You just fight over and over until you win. I guess we should talk about the penalty for losing in this game is very small. I was very much expecting the kind of Symphony of the Night, go back to title screen and load your last save, and it just sends you back a room or two. Depending on where you die, it can be a little more brutal because some of them will send you further back than others. But for the most part, I found myself one room before where I was. Oh, there was one fight that I that I died in that really annoyed me because it kicked me all the way back to a previous cutscene when you first encounter whatever the hell his name is, Leon. Leon? Huh, okay. I've lost to that, that boss after that. Okay, yeah, the one in the... And it kicked me all the way back to that fight. At which point, I just was like, I know what this is, and stood there and let him kick my ass. (laughs) Fair. This game also really likes the challenges you're allowed to lose thing, which I don't super mind, but it's not super fun either. It is cool when you get good enough at the game that you can beat them, and so it's cool that this game has enough skill in it that it can throw challenges at you you're supposed to lose, but... You you can win. Yeah, but at the same time, it throws, I think, too many at you. And it can kind of be demoralizing. Supposed to lose fights aren't really fun, especially when they can consume your limited resources. So if you think I'm supposed to win this fight because games generally uh, train you, I need to win this fight, and you're using limited resources, you use limited resources on a fight you're supposed to lose, you don't get those back. Yeah, and that's always my big problem is like, you never know when you're supposed to lose a fight. There's like never a signal, which is kind of the point for like dramatic effect. Well, usually the dram- usually, bleh. 
most games use a supposed to lose fight right at the beginning to set up, you know, kind of climbing up from the bottom tier. And that's okay because you're not expending resources because you don't have any yet. Yeah, and resources are kind of precious in this game, which is a thing I like, but it also makes the beginning hard. One of the biggest problems that I have with this game is the difficulty curve, which is definitely one of those it starts out fairly difficult. And then once you reach a point, it gets easier, which is compacted by the fact that that's usually about the point I think you're getting used to the systems as well. So you get good and the game gets easier kind of at the same time. Yep. In a weird way. I remember there's definitely a point where I I was getting kicked around by like a bunch of like the generic element magic guys. And then like, I don't know, probably like 15 minutes later, I'm like, oh, these guys are suddenly easy. I don't know what happened here. So anyway, then you begin the game again. Actually, we should talk about the three random ass questions you get asked by Titus, Waka, and (laughs) Selfie. Because I don't remember what I answered, and I kind of wish I did, because they have this weird impact on the gameplay, which I really like. And I also kind of like that they don't tell you it has any effect, but also it would be good information to know you're making a choice. I assumed they had some kind of effect on gameplay, but didn't know what it was and didn't really care. It felt like the opening to Ogre Battle, actually. You know, well... What does that hold within thy sword? Yeah, and I really like that. I like it in Ogre Battle as well. It's just, I was thinking a lot, is this good because it feels like an answer from the heart thing and it's going to have effects later? Or would it be better if it just told you, these are your options, what would you like to pick, let you consider it? Because what it affects is the way you level up. There are basically three options. One, we're getting through levels 1 to 50. Takes twice as much experience, but 51 through 99 take half as much. One where it's the opposite, where you level up super fast at the beginning, but then really slow down at 50. And one, it's just a flat plateau. Okay, because they are actually having that kind of effect on gameplay, you need to tell people that. You can't just have this random thing because you don't know what the answers mean. I mean, the answer is just be mean to Waka. If you answer answer something based on how you would normally answer it, you don't know if you're answering in such a way that you're going to screw yourself sideways. I mean, I picked the hardest option by accident, and I didn't feel screwed. But it is a weird, like, would it be better if it told you that? I don't know, honestly. It's just a weird thing about this game. It's also just a weird idea to throw into a game of, like, do you want to be able to level up fast early, fast late, or normal? It feels like a weird bonus option in a way. And I kind of like it, but also it's not a huge impact on gameplay. A lot of the things in Kingdom Hearts I just think are interesting ideas. I'm glad they tried, but I don't know that they make the game better or worse. And that's one of them. So then you have this long opening that stopped Jeremy from ever playing this game. (laughs) It almost stopped me from actually getting past it because this is freaking terrible. I'm of two minds on it because I get what they're going for. And it is important to show these three characters relationships to one another in like this doomed hometown. Well, we don't know it's doomed yet. We don't. But that's, I mean, I, I guess I knew I'd it was... played it before. You can tell. Yeah, I it's Final Fantasy. I'd you know. not played it before, but I knew these people were doomed. <laughs> this had dead meat written all over so, it. So I know Random it's a... fetch quests designed just to piss me off. Three people who are, or two people who aren't actually doing anything to help. Oh, yeah. They're dead. So it's, it's implied that they're like adults on the island, oh, right? You, Sora's mom shows up for a voice line. Sora's Does mom, she? she's like, hey, Sora, come eat. And okay. She, and you're like, no, I'm a protagonist, mom. You can't be on screen. You're in a Disney movie. Disney hates parents almost as much as DC Comics. <laughs> I mean, they do immediately die, though, right? Like everyone on that island dies. Yeah, right? except for Riku and Kairi and yeah. Sora, obviously. Yeah, except for the main oh, characters. Really? Yeah. Damn it. Why? Who did you want to die? You don't like um, Kyrie, Zach? No. No, oh, I man. don't. I love Kyrie. I do. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't I actually too. love the character of Kyrie, but I really love the relationship she and Sora have. I really like that friendship on the cusp of puberty where they don't really know where it's going to go or what they want. And that's super important to the plot later. But And also Riku's there, too. Uh, I actually like Riku, too. Like The voice acting in this game is a little all over the place. It's early on in video game voice acting. Some of the lines are not very good, and some of them are really good. But, like, Riku's, like, when he's like, hey, if I win, I get to share the Paupu with Kairi. Like, that's one of the best, like, there's so much emotion in that line. Like, it's really tone perfect. In a game that has a lot of other lines that are just awful, and so the contrast almost makes it sound even better to me. But the beginning's not very good. It's important. I get why they're doing it. And I do feel like when you pay 60 bucks for a game and it's the only game you have, you're going to get through it. So they're relying on that. But in a modern era, if you're buying this game today, you're probably buying the PS4 version that has Kingdom Hearts 2 
and Dream Drop Distance and Chain of Memories and Sora's Cool Adventure in Broland on it. <laughs> so it's not even the only game on the disc. So, Sora and the 100 Second it, Dalmatian. <laughs> it takes too long. And in yeah. certain cases, like, get the coconuts. That took me an hour and I had to look it up because the, I hit the trees a couple of times. Coconuts dropped. Couldn't pick them up. And then, you know, it's like, okay, there must be some around here that I didn't see and I'm supposed to find. Nope, you're just have to wait all on the trees until eventually the right ones drop. That's not intuitive. That's annoying. Yeah, the thing that holds this game back the most is I meant to look up what the TV Tropes name for this is and I can't remember. It's got a ton of random ass JRPG. I thought this trope was dead by the time this game came out. (laughs) You have to go over to this random ass place before this door over here will open and see this plot event. And it's just terrible. You really need to. Yeah, there's a signposting. Yeah, the signposting in this game is. Dang it. It's not that bad, but it's it's like, no, we have to build a bridge or something like that. Yeah, it's like the thing where for some reason you had to do this plot thing for this other guy to tell you something even though it has no bearing on the thing you just did. I feel like there's definitely... Ah, what? I've already forgotten her name. Jump Rope Girl who is also like... whip girl. Yes, thank you. Like, she gives you a thing that you cannot do until after you've done something else for no good reason. I had to consult a guide, I think, four times in the four hours I was playing this. Yeah, I basically just walk through this game because there's so much of that And it is absolutely the thing that hurts this game the most. Because all the other problems, I think, are pretty much work-throughable. They're annoyances, but they're all right. It's awful design, and it's the one thing that makes it really hard to recommend this game. I mean, that's bad, but a guide will help you through that. That's true. Having to engage with the combat on a regular basis, on the other <laughs> hand. Oh, let's talk about the combat, because that's kind of up next. You Eventually, you get through Dumb Island, and then you get to the plot. But first, you have to engage with the combat, which is pretty basic like action RPG stuff. You press X to swing your sword. Yeah, it's mo- you can probably get by by button mashing. Like, There's more layers there, but you can probably just button mash you your way to victory. You press X to swing your stick, and then that's Sir- basically all you get to do, because that's all the combat system is built to do. There's a three-hit combo, and that's it. You also have circle to jump, which becomes super important because your air combo is different than your ground combo, and there are lots of aerial enemies. And eventually are... you get the ability to upgrade the number of hits you do on both ground and aerial combos. But by far the most dangerous enemy in this game that I personally encountered was the freaking camera. Yeah. It's got that early bad camera where it doesn't know where to put you. There are ways to combat it a little bit you can lock on to targets but it's definitely a bad camera well, but, that but also the you. right stick doesn't control it and that is baffling it kind of does my main problem <laughs> you actually can toggle whether or not you want the camera to be free look or not that's um, that my- was added in the hd version okay. they made it they made it better in the original you could do nothing with the camera oh god yeah um, yep. it's bad enough <laughs> as it is um so the main problem in combat with it is that it will automatically lock on anybody you're targeting if you turn that off good luck hitting anybody off the ground because you won't, you'll be going in whatever the hell direction the camera decides you're going to go in. <laughs> and I just like, like no, you, you're going over here now, Sora. You, you <laughs> won't be able to like. It's too the the camera is weirdly too sticky. Like it'll target something. And it's like I want to target the guy that's right next to me, but I can't get the camera to switch. But if I'm on free look, I can't hit the other guy. And oh man, the the combat and camera just. Sora and Dante are over in a corner crying, but also walking into a wall because they can't get well, out of the corner. Especially because like, I've played better games that have similar combat systems. I've played so many more. The thing is about this game, I was talking about how the beginning is awful. As you level up, you unlock abilities that add to the combat, and eventually they give you enough that it gets kind of good. The base combat is like Zach said, your options are attack and use being a little facetious. You can jump and I do think that's important. But as you level up, you get more and more options until it becomes a pretty decent combat system. But it takes forever to get there. It does. The base combat isn't fun. And you have to, because it's an RPG, you have to engage with the base combat a lot. Uh, Zach, this is going to be weird. My notes said the exact same thing. And then I started having fun with it. I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just saying eventually something weird happens with it. There's a good combat system in there, and it's not even like you have to mine it out. The developers did that for you, but then they didn't let you do it until the end game, and it's baffling to me. And there are still problems with it. You still have to wrestle with the camera, and that sucks. I guess that's really the one big problem. But the more options they give you and the more complex the enemies become, it becomes much more engaging. 
And it's just so weird to me that they just didn't trust you to start out with some of those options so it could be fun from the beginning because the beginning is such a slog because the combat sucks so much. Uh, kind of that because the other problem that I actually encountered with the combat is that specifically the bosses, they've got a really nasty tendency. It's really difficult to see if you're actually damaging them because like I would swing it and it's like, okay, I think I hit him, but it didn't seem to do anything. Like there's no recoil. There's no health bar. I don't have any knowledge of what's going on. And eventually, like, some of the pieces would fall off. But for most of it, I'm like, do I have to hit him in a specific spot? Is there a weak point? Like, and, am I doing anything? And that's another thing they fix, because eventually you get the ability to see enemy health bars. And then it's super obvious, oh, yeah, I'm hurting this guy, because his health bar is going down. And or, why oh, they don't give you that in the first yeah, place, I exactly. don't know. <laughs> Saying a game gets good 40 hours in is not a defense. I mean, I'm I mean, only 15 hours into this game, and I'm at the end game. Also, so people say that about shows all the time. You have told me about that. <laughs> I know I don't. I usually give a show three episodes, and that's it. I'm not saying that it forgives the early parts of the game. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying that if you keep playing this game, like why people like it will bubble up to the surface, and it does become fun. But like I've said a hundred times, it's baffling to me how much the early parts of this game just like try to push you off of it. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah, and let's let's talk about that because the first world, when you finally get through the town, which I guess we'll just kind of skip because we've been talking for we've been going down oh already. The first like main Disney world you get to, you actually have a choice. You can go to either Wonderland or the Coliseum, but I don't think either are a good first world at all. And even your like second world choice is one of the weaker ones as well, even though it's at least got some good set pieces. But the way Wonderland works. It's just a couple of rooms you kind of cycle through a bunch of times. Yeah, it's it was really bad, especially because the first thing you have to do is figure out the puzzle in the first room, which, again, had to look that one up because my initial thought was I had to find something to open up the door. Turns out you just go around it. But, oh, yeah, uh, you just push the bat, huh? Th there had, yeah, there had some rage involved, and I have a fire spell. This is a wooden door. Oh, um, but he's a magic talking wooden door. It's still a wooden door. Actually, it's it's the doorknob, right? The door itself is not magic. It's just no, the it's just the doorknob. But it, it, there was some <laughs> frustration. I had to look it up. You know, how do I get through this? Uh, and so it's that's not well done, like Jeremy said. And I don't even think I properly cleared it because I didn't go find Alice afterwards because I'm like, oh, you they must have been kidnapped. All right, so I guess I have to go to the other location and save her there. But apparently it's still in Wonderland. I saw that in the uh, walkthrough after I was done with that part. Yeah, this is another problem the game kind of has. Wonderland is by far the worst, but there are a lot of times where the worlds feel unfinished even when you're done with them. Like, well, there's some optional stuff you could do in Wonderland, but Alice is, like, plot kidnapped, and you run into her later. It's not like you're supposed to go into Wonderland and Well, it said, like, the then. cat was supposed to tell me something. that I was supposed to go talk to the cat again somewhere, but... Okay, that, that might be a weird thing with your guide. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I just saw that and was like, okay... Well, I'm already over here, and then I got frustrated and stopped playing after about four hours. So. On the other hand, I can see why they wanted it. Like, it seems like a cool set piece to start off with, but man, they didn't deliver on it. Yeah, and that's my feeling on almost all of the worlds. There's lots of little platforming bits, and you wanted to talk a bit about the development of this game, Tyler. It started out as they wanted to do a Mario 64-esque platformer, but felt like the only way they could sell it was with something as popular as Disney. No, as something as popular as Mario specifically, they sat on it for two years yeah. until a chance encounter with the Disney branch office who worked in the same building. They just happened to be having lunch together and the guy who wanted to pitch the game walked in on a meeting and they were talking together and he's like, wait, I want in on whatever this is. Yeah. <laughs> it's and baffling. like you can tell because like if you just kind of imagine like Wonderland is a Mario 64 level with a action RPG combat. That sounds amazing, but they don't deliver on it at all because the platforming in this game is just bad. It gets, again, weirdly better later when you get some platforming abilities, but it never gets good. Uh, it never. And gets also your combat hasn't been like developed at this point yet either. So they're starting to give you different types of enemies, but your options are still hit with stick generally. That's actually one of the reasons why I went to Wonderland first is because if you look at the difficulty levels before you fly there, yeah. um, the Wonderland has a lower difficulty rating than uh, the, Coliseum. the Coliseum. You are intended to do Wonderland first, although the difficulty thing is really small and not super readable. So I don't think it I think it's bizarre how well it guides you to Wonderland. Because everyone I know who's played this game does Wonderland first. I did it entirely based on the difficulty rating. Actually. I did it based on the difficulty rating. I thought it was real easy to notice. What I'm saying is actually, I think later on when those difficulty levels are like nine and ten. You don't even care yeah. anymore. Well, one, you don't care anymore. But two, nine stars and ten stars is a lot harder to tell at a glance than one and two. Actually, it was zero. 
Oh, Wonderland is, is listed as zero. Okay. But your other choice for an opening is the Coliseum, which is just combat. That's even smaller. It's not even like a circle for you to go in. It's, it's just a Dragon Ball Z arena. Yeah. And that's really cool later on for like side quest stuff for like, here's where we're going to put all the super hard fights for you if you want to engage with them. Yeah, there's but as even, the second world. There's not even really any plot there either. They're just like, okay, kill this thing, move on. I mean, there is Hades hiring Cloud to murder some babies. No, that's which great. I, think I is, love that. <laughs> which is the one bit of like, thank you, James Wood, for coming in here and trying to save this game. <laughs> <laughs> but it's again you're engaging with the combat system which is and that's all it is there's not anything interesting going on here it's just all right i guess i'm stuck with this combat system there's not any, i still can't do anything interesting and then the third oh, look donald's dead again <laughs> damn it donald oh yeah also donald and goofy are sidekicks in uh, case somehow you've s- never seen kingdom hearts before oh uh, yeah donald and goofy are sitting there with zero hp bars while you do all the work Sometimes Donald will spring to life and cast a defense spell on you, and you're like, hey, thanks, Donald. Good job. You know what's and funny? And he's dead again. Um, historically, Goofy has actually been my go-to. Like, he Oh, yeah, Goofy's definitely better. Goofy's so. definitely better. I'm just like, Donald is noticeable, because I'll be like, when did I get this defense spell? Oh, hey, thanks, Donald. <laughs> I just kept having the thought after going in a lot of those fights and having both Goofy and Donald be dead. I'm like, well, definitely understand where Goku's coming from. <laughs> yeah. I got my backup <laughs> rations over there. So wh- which one is Krillin? Donald. <laughs> Donald is Krillin? No, Donald's definitely Vegeta. He's always angry at you and <laughs> thinks he's... But Donald dies in every fight. Fair. Uh, Fair. So is he instead Yamcha? I think Donald's Dende, actually. <laughs> Donald's Dende. <laughs> I have recently started listening to Kingdom Smarts, a podcast all about Kingdom Hearts. And the plot of this game sounds much better when someone's telling it to you than when you're playing for it yourself. But he's like, I know nothing about Kingdom Hearts except for I watched my brother play it once and he was fighting Sephiroth. And he was like, God damn it. I'm like, can, can you get anybody else? I mean, Goofy is not going to help you fight this very pretty boy. Can you get <laughs> someone cooler to help? I, I don't see how, it, how it's going to work. Isn't Kingdom Hearts the one where they just like cut it off after a half hour regardless yeah. of what... <laughs> regardless of where they are, yes. So yeah, this game is really frustrating at the beginning and it's weird. It's I've never played a game like this that has this turn. And I've played Final Fantasy X. I've played a lot of the Square games that get good, like, hours in. And it's never been like this. Because usually it's like you unlock a system or the game really starts and, like, the first six hours are tutorials. And that's not how this one works. The worlds just get uh, start getting way better and you get enough combat options that the combat becomes fun. Once you start getting genuine defensive options and there are decisions you have to make in combat, what your positioning becomes important and you start to learn how the parry system works, things get way better. Once you can tell when you're hurting the bosses, the fights become way more novel. Some of them are like, uh, I get what you were going for with this, but it's not a good idea. But most of them are pretty fun, and they're also Disney set-piece villains. It's really cool to fight Jafar and then have him turn into a genie, and you have to beat up the lamp while he's throwing fireballs at you in the background. Again, the camera becomes your enemy because you can't see Jafar because you're focusing the lamp, but Um, that's fine. You need Genie to wish you a better camera control. (laughs) The game just starts taking off, and it's really hard to explain, but... I think the reason it did so well in the first place, because I think if this game launched today, a lot of people would like go through the first like hour or two. It would crater. Yeah, it would crater, and then it would be like a little cult sleeper, right? Like a lot of people would be like, oh no, it's a great game, you just like to ignore the first half of it. It's a little bit like Final Fantasy XIII. It gets good 60 hours in. Exactly. 60 hours I don't want to put into this. Exactly. Uh, It's not quite that bad. It's like four hours, and... I'm at four hours, and it's still not good. You're close. I'm saying four hours. I'm being a little generous. It's four hours with a guide. If you're just like, I'm using a guide for this for the start, because I'm not letting myself get lost. Because I'm only 15 hours into the game, and it... But it just, it rebuffs you at every attempt. It's very strange. But my point about it being four hours is, it's a night of play. If you save up your allowance and you go buy this game and you play it all night, you're going to get to the good part, or you're going to get to at least the start of where it gets good, and after putting it down for a bet and coming fresh to it, it's going to pick up for you. It's really hard to recommend on the like basis of the game, but if you want a game that's like, what were games like in 2002? I this can't imagine t- a better example. Yeah, I'm trying to... What else came out around Kotor. that time? That's 2003. And also, that's not really like video games. That's like the birth of this new RPG system. Which is actually kind of... No, it's not. Well, I guess it's not the birth. It's the popularization because it's coming to console. Basically, just lifted its Neverwinter Nights 2 system, which we still need to play. Because it's got all this Mario 64 stuff that's on the way out in 2002. And also this action RPG combat stuff, which is on the way in. 
Yeah, when did Devil May Cry come out? It was actually the year before this. So. Okay. Because, like, that's the game that I think was most similar to this for me. I just remember coming into this game, I'm like, oh, it's like Final Fantasy, except I get to swing the sword. Takes about three years before they actually make a good action RPG like this, though. Yeah. It's who? What? What? What game are you thinking of specifically? Jade Empire. Oh, yeah, I've never played that. You should. It's actually really yeah, good. People say it's very good. It, a lot of people say it's the best Bioware game. So, but it's also this weird sleeper because it's it doesn't have Star Wars on the title and it's not Mass Effect. Yeah, no, I heard I've heard good things about it. Um, Probably from me at least. Yeah, say I'm, I'm I'm trying to remember if they're all just from Zach though. So <laughs> I really like Jade Empire. It's one of my favorite games. Yeah, so this game is just a really bizarre mash to me of things that are just unforgivable game design and really bad. And also moments that are really great and things that are really fun. But once the combat starts coming together and 90% of the game is just doing the RPG combat, this game just gets really fun, despite a bunch of other frustrations. Like once 90% of it is just this combat and 5% of it is cutscenes, some of which are good and some of which are, what? <laughs> um, but at least that's like a fun, weird roll of the dice of like, I wonder which one, if this, is this going to be some Disney fun or, or some like genuinely heartwarming character advancement? Or is this going to be Donald and Goofy say they have characters and you're like, could we have established that earlier maybe? Um, even that, is interesting and it makes up for some like just terrible game design otherwise that's hard to ignore especially if you're just trying to get into it i do want to point out we were having this discussion in the discord where ryan was like man the goofy movie would be a great thing to add in here i'm like yeah i want a heartfelt thing where goofy returns home after months of being out in the interstellar road killing people Constantly and introduces him to the war heroes that he told him stories about. I just think Max should hang out with Huey, Dewey, and Louie and be like <laughs> Junior Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> but Huey, Dewey, and Louie are running one of the shops. That's true. No Scrooge McDuck in this game. I understand. Who do you think is bankrolling the, <laughs> the three kids? My understanding is he shows up in Kingdom Hearts too. But I sure he does, but I don't remember it. Another system I think we should touch on, which is bad, is the gummy ship between levels. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the items, but... Oh, we can talk about items in a minute. They're, they're both pretty bad. Gummy, The gummy ship, like, my first thought when they introduced it and I had to go through the first level of it was, uh, I agree, Star Fox 64 was a good game. <laughs> I don't want to play Star Fox 64 every time I need to go into transit, especially because if I want to go buy items or, you know, get gear, I have to engage with Star Fox 64 to go back to the town where I can buy stuff because you can't buy it in these worlds or at least I didn't come across any that I could. You can't and again that's a thing they fix later when they just let you skip the um, Star Fox levels to go to anywhere you've been before and that makes and then it more it bearable. optional. But again they should have done that from the start so that you don't have to grind through that because there was a while where I was like do I want to go to the shop and get more items like because that would make this boss probably beatable or do i want to just like slam my head against him because that might be faster than going to, to the gummy ship yeah well <laughs> uh, it handles like crap not an interesting level design like the enemies on it aren't interesting it's mostly just it's like playing a really crappy version of geometry wars actually it's, i would say Star Fox is the more accurate one i get what you're going with or with well, geometry I, meant with, wars. I meant with the enemy yeah. types yeah and I feel like they had this idea and either they didn't finish it or they made this hard, complex game uh, that was like a level block. And that didn't make sense to make it enough of a challenge that you couldn't progress the game. And they scaled it back because it's super boring. And what really got me about it is the art in this game is, for the most part, beautiful. You're going to this Disney <laughs> world this. that you should have at least some like familiarity with. They reuse stuff too much and they make you re-go to parts of the game too much. But the first time you go to almost every one, it's like a cool new thing to look at. But these are just these black voids that have nothing. And the enemies are not interesting at all. That means the game isn't difficult. You can very easily just avoid them. But it just makes it kind of feel superfluous and unneeded. Honestly, I would have rather had something like the way they did it in Knights of the Old Republic for their transit. Sometimes you just get jumped by enemy fighters and you have to deal with them. It's not every time. But yeah, there's just a random chance every time you go that you have to do some gummy ship stuff. Yeah, that I mean, would, that would make bad. a hell of a lot more sense because then you're not stuck doing it every single time, but you still include the system. So you can, as you were mentioning before we got on the mics, you can help create a sense of size, which you don't get in the dinky little worlds. Yeah. Zach wanted to talk about the items as well, which are... Well, we're not going to talk about gummy ship creation. I mean, it's can you there. explain That's... it to me, Tyler? Yeah, you, you, you stack blocks on each other and they have to meet certain rules and then you can make bigger and better ships. What are ships? the rules? Because I can <laughs> figure the... I tried a couple times 
There were a couple times where just because the gummy ship stuff was boring, I died immediately. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm supposed to make a better ship. I tried, was like, eh, maybe I'll just try the level again. And every time I got through the level without getting hit the second time. <laughs> so you never have to engage with the ship no, creation don't. system. and Which is what makes me think maybe this was supposed to be a bigger deal and they wanted to make it so you had to, so that gummy ship loot would be valuable. Yeah, because the first thing I did when I saw it was like, give me the tutorial. And then they started explaining, I'm like, no, okay, please I'm, don't give me the tutorial. <laughs> I'm never going to deal with this crap. I mean, really, it's you have blocks. You rotate in place of blocks. You need at least one cockpit and one engine. Um, you don't even need guns. I couldn't want. even put more guns on it. That's all I wanted to do was put more guns on you, it. You no, have I a limit. Figure it out. You, you have to. I had one gun. I'm sure one gun is not the limit. Yeah, it is actually at the beginning. Um, I think you have to upgrade your cockpit to attach more of any particular type of thing. Huh. There's like a limit to the energy you can make. Like, at some point, you can make just this massive Goliath of a ship that takes up the entire Well, yeah, screen. I've seen people so. create Star Destroyers that are just <laughs> made of guns and go through these levels. But it's a cool idea, but man, is the system not actually there to support yeah, it. Yeah, it's a so. cool idea. That's why we played Star Fox already. Well, I mean, Star Fox doesn't let you make your own Arween. It shouldn't, but it doesn't also. <laughs> also, the items, what I think Zach wants to get at specifically is if you want to use an item in combat, you've basically got to scroll down with the D-pad to the item menu Aww. and then pick your item, which is an absolutely awful system. That was part of it, but it's also the fact that you have to equip certain items onto your characters before you can actually use them in combat. You can't use stuff out of your stockpile. I don't mind that because it makes you engage with the system more. It prevents you from just buying 900 potions and just face rolling the game uh, with but those. But you already can't do that because there's a time limit in between when you can use items. So you're already, you're, you're double dipping on limits. There's time limit between item use? I honestly yep. didn't know. There's a cooldown. I honestly didn't know. You know what game um, does exactly this, or exactly the thing that we described, where you don't have to equip it, but also you have to scroll through a giant list and you have a cooldown, is Final Fantasy XV does exactly that. Yeah, but you can pause the game and look through the menu. Oh, uh, well, I never played with the, the pause option yeah. on, so. It's the superior option. Yeah, I don't know. The combat felt less dynamic. Anyway. And the magic system works like that, too, but it lets you do button shortcuts for magic. And I honestly think item shortcuts would fix all of my problems with the item system. I really don't mind the equip to you because that also is a thing that they can give you more of as you level up, which is a cool reward. It feels like you're getting more powerful when you can bring an extra potion into battle. But the thing about that is, is like there are certain games in which having an inventory limit works. Like Fire Emblem is a great example. But that matters because you're in control of everybody. Having limited use items on top of limited slots with limited cooldown basically means like they're double dipping on limiting you to for whatever you can use instead of just letting you use the items you've paid for because it also creates that system the, the necessity after every fight of doing custodial work and re-equipping all of everybody's potions and items and crap which is annoying and not fun to do I agree with you on that, but also I never used items except for in boss battles. So that just felt like, oh, I got to do my boss preparation. Let me make sure I got items. And I like that in an RPG or any game. Like the save, you do the save point and you like prepare yourself from the boss. That's a element of games I enjoy. And I never felt a need to have items in like random fights. I'd occasionally have, uh, are they ethers? I think they're ethers. Ethers are right. the MP. Yeah, for MP. Uh, but also I went very spell heavy in this run so this is actually only the second time i've ever played kingdom hearts so what you're, you're giving me very incredulous eyebrows i can't imagine playing this more than once i mean i honestly can't either i'm very glad that i played it we're about to final thoughts is there anything you guys want to talk about before final thoughts we can touch on the plot but like i kind of said it's all over the place it's like this mishmash of these actually genuinely really compelling scenes that I can see why someone who played this when they were 15, like this affected their life and is a thing of their worldview. And these other scenes that you're like, this would be powerful, but you didn't set this up. So, <laughs> I mean, I understand Donald Duck's a curmudgeon who argues with people and Sora's a teenager. So it's cool that they have friction, but you should have set this up so that when Donald cares about Sora in the end, it's got more of a payoff. I see the note you're going for and it's really cool, but you haven't quite played it. I was going to ask if there were any particular set pieces that stood out to you in this. So Agrabah, a lot, because I like Aladdin generally. like Jack, and it's the first good world. Like, yeah. it's so much better than what came before. Uh, and then also Neverland, because Peter Pan's like my favorite Disney movie And you kid. get to fly. And you get to fly, which is a cool thing. And Captain Hook's a cool villain who, like, works in this context. 
The Maleficent fight, honestly, is one of my favorites just because of all the green fire. I mean, I definitely get liking the Maleficent fight, but it's exactly what I expected from the moment Maleficent showed up on screen. No, that's fair. That's fair. Which, I mean, that's not really a criticism. That's kind of what you want, but it didn't blow me away. If we want to go into final thoughts, if you are curious about this game after hearing us talk about it, I would suggest you play it. But it's saying it's not a game you play for fun isn't true. I didn't quite beat it, and I'm really looking forward to finishing recording so I can go finish it because I think it's going to be a fun end. But if I'm going to recommend this to a person, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, it's great. I'm going to say it's super interesting, and I really like the stuff they tried. And like, there's an alternate universe where there are just a couple of small changes that make this an all-time classic. And but, that, that was called Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> <laughs> I, and everyone told me, hey, don't bother with Kingdom Hearts. Play Kingdom Hearts 2. So, and I, there, I can see easily how that's a masterpiece. If they just address the actual problems that exist in Kingdom Hearts. If they move the good parts of the battle system to the start of the game and then build on that. If they fix the camera a little bit, which is something video games were working very hard on when this game released. This was not an uncommon problem. We talked about Devil May Cry. It was what they were trying to solve, for lack of a better word. It was the cure for cancer in video games. Was <laughs> how do we make these cameras work? How do you make the camera behave? Yeah. If the worlds are a little bigger and a little more dynamic, like there's just some little things you can do to make a much better game. And so I'm honestly really looking forward to playing Kingdom Hearts and- 2, whether it's for this podcast or for fun. And there is actually, like, a story in this game that's worth engaging with, but it takes a while to pay off, really. Uh, and why I don't want to talk about the story is it's wildly inconsistent. There's an excellent story outline. If someone tells you the story of Kingdom Hearts, they can do some very small things to make it a thousand times better. Like, just some small little setup lines. And, like I said, there are yeah. some genuinely really good paying off moments. There are some parts of this end where I'm like, oh, man, this is why people are in love with Kingdom Hearts. This is really good. But there are just as many moments where, like, Goofy and Donald, you're just doing jokes that don't quite land. Oh, no. The reveal of Mickey Mouse is also pretty great oh. as a hooded figure. <laughs> I haven't gotten to that yet, so. <laughs> he just comes in with a hood. He's like, who is this mysterious character? He's got the giant ears under his... Is that... Are you sure that's not Kingdom Hearts 2? Because I feel like I've seen this scene with my brother playing Kingdom Hearts I think Hearts it's 2. at the very end of this game. Okay. So it's a super fascinating game. And if you're interested in it, watch a Let's Play. Or if you want to buy Kingdom Hearts 2 and you bought the... Uh, like HD collection for it. It's worth checking out. I genuinely think that, but it's really frustrating. Play it with a guide and like, you're going to have to invest some time in it. So if you don't want to, like Zach said, pay uh, six hours, eight hours up front, uh, know that this game is going to require that before it's going to pay off. I don't have anything in particular to add. Okay. So. So like I said at the beginning, I was actually, I'm actually kind of happy Jeremy called this because it surprised me quite a bit, actually, because I think this is the first game that from top to bottom, I have genuinely loathed. So <laughs> Loathed, even. Yeah, I hate this game. Like, it's not even like I hate Halo 2 and I hate Breath of the Wild, but those are games that I'm like, oh, here's some redeeming factors for these. I hate everything this game does drives me insane and that's why i actually played final fantasy ted because i'm like (laughs) if i'm gonna play a game from this era i'm going to play a good one even though i didn't really like final fantasy 10 too much which is why i put it in i started playing it and because i kind of feel weird that i've only ever beaten one final fantasy game and it's 10 too yeah (laughs) i actually thought about playing 10 too but i'm like you know what i think there's some rewards you can carry over if you have a a victory or a win state in final fantasy 10 i wonder if there are I don't remember. There might be something with the Albed primers, but I don't remember. There's definitely not in the base games, but it would not surprise me if they put that in when they release them as a combo. I have absolutely no idea, but I booted. So that's why I booted that up. Is that that's why I said there's, it's related? Um, is because I got fed up with Kingdom Hearts and trying. Like I was trying to actually like it, but I'm sitting there going, this combat system is awful. I'd rather play Jade Empire. I'd rather play Dark Souls. I'd rather play any game's action RPG combat than this. And I joked about, let's get this train wreck started when I booted the game up, because that's how I kind of go into every game I play. (laughs) Um, And this one, I'm like, oh, this isn't a train wreck. It's a dumpster fire. Fantastic. Is that better or worse? Like, on the scale of disasters, is it dumpster fire? Dumpster fire smells, too. Yeah, that's true, but also it doesn't hurt anyone. It just sits there and smells. A train wreck might actually have killed someone. And the bandits probably got away with the gold. <laughs> Go it's on. a dumpster fire on Take top of money. a train wreck. How okay. about that? It's, it, was, it was a train carrying dumpsters, and then they all caught on fire when it wrecked. 
Exactly. <laughs> so speaking of train wrecks, we have a list on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, <laughs> listing all the games we've played from best to worst. At the top is Kroner Trigger, a game I think Kingdom Hearts is rather like. At the bottom is City Connection, a game Zach thinks Kingdom Hearts is rather like. <laughs> it's actually nothing like City Connection. It just shares a lot in common with quality. And in the middle is Kirby's Dreamland, a game Tyler likes. Yeah, it's okay. Kirby's Dreamland is a perfectly okay game, which is why it's in the middle of the list. I want to start us kind of high because I'm on the tail end of this game where I'm feeling very generous to it with Knights of the Old Republic, a game Zach actually brought up. I would rather play Kingdom Hearts than Knights of the Old Republic, but I don't think it's as good for the simple reason that Knights of the Old Republic manages to turn the story into gameplay. So even though the story doesn't always work and the combat there is, I think, pretty clunky and not like my favorite at all, it manages to accomplish what it's setting out in a better way than KOTOR does, or than KOTOR does, than Kingdom Hearts does. <laughs> it's a D20 combat. I prefer um, KOTOR for a lot of reasons. I like the story a lot more. I feel like KOTOR actually has characters and they're not just on loan. Yeah, that's a problem I guess I didn't really touch on with Kingdom Hearts. It just leans real heavy into, you know Peter Pan's deal, right? We don't have to tell you anything about him? Cool. And here he yeah, is I, for a half hour. I don't like that because it feels like the characters are non-existent. I didn't really get any character from your main cast, which also didn't help. Yeah, and so. Sora and Riku get there, but it, again, it takes too long. Yeah, he's generic protagonist. Uh, and generic rival guy. Yeah, and generic rival guy. So I'd rather play KOTOR, and I think it's a better game overall. Uh, so the next game I want to compare it to is one Tyler brought up, and another one that I actually was thinking about a lot while I was playing this, which is Devil May Cry, another game with a similar combat system and plenty of camera issues. Weirdly, the thing I really think makes Devil May Cry better is the score system. You get so much more engaged because you want to keep that S rank. Yep. You get a lot more feedback for your enemies as well. I mean, I could see actually going and trying to play through a lot more Devil May Cry than I ever see me playing this game. Again. I feel like there's a lot more of a mastery element to it, really. There, that too, because you can really get into that. There's a reason why that kind of combat system keeps coming up, like, because you got Devil May Cry, then Bayonetta came out, and it's basically this very similar combat system. I mean, that that's one thing that I think keeps getting proved true over time, is at the end of the day, mechanics are really what went out, and Devil May Cry just has pretty solid mechanics. I thought it was that great gamers like being graded. Yes, also that too. Uh, actually, now that you say it, yes, I, I strive for those S ranks in everything. So going down a little ways, but not, as long, well, but not as long as you may think. Another game I found myself comparing this to a lot in my head is Castlevania II Simon's Quest. Because that's <sighs> another game where I had to like sit down with a guide to play it. But once I actually did, I started really enjoying myself. Like I said, I think they're very similar. And I think Kingdom Hearts is a better game. It rewards you more in the end. Whereas Castlevania 2, I wanted to get to the end and I was enjoying myself. It just, it didn't feel like it got better. <laughs> Whereas Kingdom Hearts does and Kingdom Hearts, I guess this isn't really true. They're both visually very good for the era, but Kingdom Hearts artistry impresses me more, even though a lot of it is on loan from that Disney stuff. The way they incorporate it into like a video game is stuff I like a lot. I think Simon's Quest is actually a better game on the sole merits of they're doing. They're trying to do a hell of a lot more with a hell of a lot less. So you're working with a 2D uh, perspective, and you're trying to make a action RPG style game where you're getting a level up, and you're supposed to explore and find stuff. Does it fail on a lot of counts? Yes. Does it have active red herrings that try to send you in the wrong direction? Yes. I feel like Kingdom Hearts might too. <laughs> what, what active I, red herrings? I can't think Hearts of an have? example. I'm just saying, if I found one, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, and look, I'm in Kingdom Hearts corner here, but I don't know that that's a huge benefit it's got. Although its developer did not say, no, I don't like that one. That's the one where everybody lied to you. So it's got that going for it. But you have, like I said, it's a situation where you have two games, both trying to be innovative. One is doing a hell of a lot more with the more limited resources that it has. That's why I would definitely place Quest. Simon's Quest above Kingdom Hearts here. You, you would really prefer to play Simon's Quest. Over I'd here. rather prefer to play neither one. I think it's a better game because of what it's doing. Which is a lot of why we put it on as high yeah. on the list as we did. This is true. And it was a lot more influential. And I don't think Kingdom Hearts was really influential at the end of the day. Yeah, because um, like I said, it's got a lot of stuff that was coming and stuff that had come before. But I don't know that it's a trendsetter so much as I think it's like right in that whirlpool. I don't know if there's anything above it, but I think it's one of the first ones that has this kind of active system but it's not so much that it did something innovative. It's more of it just happened to be the first one that somebody tried it because it doesn't work. 
Yeah, wh- which one are you talking about? Kingdom now? Hearts. We, we, we keep saying it. <laughs> I said um, Kingdom Hearts did, at the beginning of that. Oh well, I was trying to find out where the hell S rank came from. So <laughs> that, I think that's, that's just my Japan. bad. Uh, yeah, it actually turns out it's just Japan is the answer to that question. It doesn't mean anything in particular. I don't know I I care about the plot of Kingdom Hearts a lot more. Like, I mean, there's a story. There's there. way more plot. I'll give yeah, it that. Like as opposed to Simon's, let's go kill Dracula. Not to mention the terrible night transition. The night transition does not waste as much as your time as the beginning of Kingdom Hearts does. So <laughs> even when you add it all and up. And like really? I said, trying to do a lot more with a lot less. I don't know. I think you're being a little unfair to Kingdom Hearts because it is I'm the first not. one to be doing this uh, action RPG stuff. And I think that is valuable. It's not actually the first one. We have another game on our list that was doing it before. But it's the first one to do it in 3D. And I think it is on to something. But uh, Castlevania 2, also a very innovative game. It's trying a lot. So, Tyler, it's up to you. It is. Yeah. No, and I think at the end of the day, I'm going to have to give it to Kingdom Hearts. So. All right. So the next Square Enix RPG we have between those two is going to be Final Fantasy 2. This is actual Final Fantasy 2, uh, not Final, Final Fantasy 4. The one that has guest party members, very similar to in Kingdom Hearts, actually, and has the weird advancement system where you attack more to get strong and get attacked to get more HP. Again, I prefer Kingdom Hearts because it like drove me to want to finish, but I don't know how much better I think it is. It's just on gut. Which one do I think is better? The answer is Kingdom Hearts. I think the main reason that I had problems with Final Fantasy 2 was that I had to play it on a phone and it yeah. didn't work out pretty well. But I think a lot of the same things I said about Simon's Quest still apply. I actually think I'm going to have to give it to Final Fantasy 2 because I like that was an unexpected gem for me and I like it is a surprisingly good game. Definitely a little rough around the edges, but it's got a huge world that feels surprisingly cohesive. The level up system is super interesting. I don't know. I really like Final Fantasy 2. All right, so weirdly the midpoint between the Final Fantasy 2 and Castlevania 2 is Star Tropics. That NES kind of Zelda-like game where you have the yo-yo to attack. Yeah, definitely Kingdom Hearts. That I also think is weirdly comparable to Kingdom Hearts in some ways. (laughs) Yeah, no, I see what you're going for. That actually popped in my head. I'm not sure I can articulate that. Oh, is this the one where, uh, for the original one, you had to like dunk the manual in water? Yeah, it's like a puzzle adventure game with some combat elements. Man, I cannot... I can only barely remember that game yeah i can't even remember what the main character looks like i remember what the like world map palette looks like and like the enemies are not on a grid exactly but on this like rhythm i don't i don't know that i can make an honest assessment here i can't remember the game and i have already gone on record as loathing kingdom hearts so i don't (laughs) think i have a fair assessment yeah i definitely prefer kingdom hearts so that's fine so two games to compare it to how do we think it compares to metroid zero Mission, the game boy advanced metroid remake is this the one where you had to hunt down and kill all the uh, Metroids, or is that That's Metroid else? 2. Uh, this is... How do you explain this did one? Did I play Zero Mission? You did. Yeah. It's like a remake of the original? It's the one where I was like, oh, they added a map screen, and I thought that would fix all my problems, but it really doesn't. It I ended believe up you. It's being just, somehow worse than the original. Apparently, um, it's been a while. It has. It's been like uh, over a year, so... I didn't care much for Zero Mission, so I would give it to Kingdom Hearts, but a lot of people really like Zero Mission, and it is still a Metroid game at the end of the day. So. Um, you know, as probably the biggest Metroid enthusiast on the podcast, it's probably my least favorite Metroid game, so... It's not the list's least favorite, though, so... That is true. Um, it's probably Okay, let me rephrase that. It's probably my least favorite. I don't think it's the worst. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd have to give it to Kingdom Hearts, honestly. All right, so Kingdom Hearts is going to go at number 87... Above Metroid Zero Mission and below Final Fantasy II. Like top third-ish? Yeah. Just barely? It's that, top 100, a... so it's not. I don't think it's actually quite top third, because uh, we're only at 260. It's pretty close. Yeah, but it's about there. Yeah, that it's seems where they about meet. right. Yeah, it seems right to me, too, because, I mean, I don't loathe it the way Zach did, but I can understand <laughs> his opinion, definitely. I definitely think that's a worthwhile opinion to have in any discussion about Kingdom Hearts. Because the game does so much to try to not get you to play it. I'm looking forward to the next two weeks when I can actually go back to actively, you know, ignoring this franchise again. Um, (laughs) But all the tweets, Zach, Kingdom Hearts 3 just came out. I like how you said actively ignoring it. (laughs) That's why I can go back to ignoring this franchise is because people will stop spamming Kingdom Hearts over everything I pay attention to. Uh, so what are we going to play next week, Zach? Well, we're, I, you know, I wanted to get back into an action thing, and I was perusing the PlayStation Store. I can't remember exactly why I was bored, and uh, I discovered that on the PlayStation 4, they had Max Payne. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, that's it. That and was And I was it. like, oh, that game I had a lot of fun with when I was a kid, and it's also available on Steam. So that's what we're going to do this time, is we're going to play some Max Payne. Uh, so next time on Last Time, it was a dark, gritty podcast <laughs> before they didn't know Welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that is hosted by Sailor Moon villains looking for pure hearts. My name is Jedi. I am completely heartless. I am Queen Beryl. That's what she sounds like, right? The hell are you on about? I... We, we did just see Sailor V. Um, what? No, we didn't. Yeah, remember the Sailor V versus Goku movie? <laughs> <laughs> that, what? I, 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 I was just thinking about that. Like That actually would make for kind of a fun movie. Okay, we're doing this again. Yeah, so what even is this in- This has been a last podcast production, copyright 2019.